Hello, Dr. Dyke Drummond here at the home of TheHappyMD.com in beautiful Seattle, Washington. Welcome to the latest episode of the Physicians on Purpose podcast. Tools so you can recognize and prevent your own burnout. Stories of burnout put to its highest and best use and wellness leadership strategies. Everything you need to be a physician on purpose. Hello again, Dyke Drummond here at the home of The Happy MD in beautiful Seattle, Washington, with the latest edition of the Physicians on Purpose podcast. Uh, We have a repeat guest here, uh, Dr. Harjo Singh, MD, who is one of our coaches here at thehappymd.com. And Harjo is, by, by his specialty, is a child psychiatrist. However, he works a lot in our practice around physicians who, for whatever reason, have run into some pushback from their administration, been labeled disruptive, troubles, things like that, helping them with communication and with turning their career around uh, to find a healthy practice inside their organization. I do some of that work myself. But today's topic is going to be very interesting because we're going to talk about the concept of ambition. And let me set a little bit of a context. Let's talk about the concept of ambition as an example of a positive motivation, because most of the time, Harjo and I, when we meet somebody who wants us to coach them, that person is in the midst of a whole bunch of negative emotions, pain, struggle. They're trying to get away from something that they feel may even border on failure, lots of guilt, lots of shame, lots of running away from things that you don't want. But there's a whole other side to human motivation and human behavior, the positive emotions, the running toward the attraction, the moving toward pleasure. Let's talk about some of that counterbalancing today. And the topic is ambition. So, Dr. Singh, how would you like to begin? Well, I love ambition. (laughs) I am ambitious and I wish it on you and everybody who's listening and watching this. (laughs) It, like you said, it is a very positive force of life. It's a motivational force of life. It's like, you know, nobody would even become a doctor and put in that many hours if you were not ambitious. And because, you know, a lot of the work done with burnout, we do see people who have lost this edge of ambition. But if we look at ambition as something, a subject of study, we must always acknowledge the first thing, the lack of studies in the field about ambition. Everybody seems to think we know what it is somehow. And we also feel like, oh, it is this or it is that, it's good or bad. Uh, Especially it's almost a taboo to admit that I am ambitious or I have other ambitions. At the same time, realizing that such vital force of life which has brought us out of the caves and can not always be associated with negative things in life. Like, oh, he's ambitious, so he's trampling over others. No, please. I struggle to even find good, positive examples of ambition in movies, let's say. It's always shown as a negative thing. And if somebody is doing something good or positive, it's always shown as reactive. Something bad happened, so now it's like the phoenix is coming out of the ashes and or people who are really struggling with things are now coming out, fighting the system, fighting the man, that kind of a thing. 
rather than normal, healthy, happy people who don't have any problems, traumas, uh, mental illness, can have healthy ambition and not only be successful, also do things to others to help them be successful in the process as well as they have ambition. So the idea that we had to even define what it is, there are three or four fields where ambition has been studied a little. One is psychology itself, especially positive psychology. And the second is social psychology or sociology, a management, field of management. In fact, one of the best definitions of ambition comes from a management professor, Timothy Judge. He is an endowed professor at Ohio State Management Fisher School of Business. And he defines that ambition is persistent and generalized because you can't compartmentalize ambition. You have it, man. It's going to spill over everywhere. And so it's persistent and generalized uh, striving for success, attainment, and accomplishment. Now think about it. There is an overlap between this and the big model for happiness and well-being, which the entire field of positive psychology adopts, the PERMA model, P-E-R-M-A, positive emotions. E is engagement with work. R is positive relations. Fourth is meaning. But the fifth is accomplishment or achievement. So being accomplished, achieving things in life will make you happy. In fact, this flies in the face of things we sometimes overvalue like money or even health. It's like if we lose our health, then somehow we will be unhappy for the rest of our lives. That's not true. So ambition is at the core of that thing that keeps us going and helps us be successful in a good way as a motivational force of life. Well, and when you say ambition, I think about exceeding previous boundaries, like more. The word mm -hmm. more comes up for me when you say ambition, as opposed to getting to some steady state and being satisfied with what I have. And mm -hmm. maybe having that internal programming that that says something like, who am I to want more than this, you know, to, to okay. stifle your ambition, right? Well, I think that satisfaction is good. We always talk about uh, things like uh, gratitude, being thankful for what we have. But to pit that against ambition, do you see now this is the mind game okay. that we start playing with ourselves, that somehow we have to be this and not that. Yes. And think <laughs> that, yes, and think that these are mutually exclusive concepts. Well, no. it's yes and, right? It's the old improv line, right? I'm satisfied. Yes. And, and I'd really like another scoop. But here, <laughs> I want to thrive. Let's say even in my personal relationships, I want to thrive. I'm very happy, but I would like to continue thriving. And or let's say even in my status or my, uh, you know, let's say position, rank or grade, I would like to achieve more. For example, it is so, so good for a doctor to be ambitious that if a doctor thinks and puts the patient at the center of what they do, then all these false dichotomies about who comes first and who comes second go away. And then you realize, an ambitious doctor will realize that when we serve patients, nobody comes first or second. Then these, this is not a race. And then in the process of 
achieving, we serve patients. It does so much good to the society. An ambitious doctor is so good to the society. An ambitious doctor will go on to create new systems that we haven't thought about. So an ambitious doctor will create new ways of doing things that we haven't thought about before. We have examples going on right now. Robotic surgery, remote surgery, telemedicine. These applications didn't just come out of corporate offices. They came out of the minds of ambitious doctors. They're the ones who came up with these and, and they're changing the medicine, the delivery of medicine, pushing the boundaries of medicine because it keeps patient at the center. The idea isn't to say, well, somehow we will open 10 clinics and no, we will open 10 clinics. They will serve 10,000 patients. And then in the process, we will have status and money and wealth and whatever comes with it. In fact, when we are talking about making interventions, where and when an intervention can be made, which can be beneficial to the patient, but also serve money to the system, only a doctor knows where that thing can happen and how that can be done. Only ambition can make that idea happen. Mm. Otherwise, you can have tens of good ideas, but if you're not ambitious, you will not really make even an effort to tell anybody. You might just be cynical and sit at home and say, oh, I have such good ideas, but nobody cares. Well, I'm thinking ambition, again, uh, the, the association that, this, that come for me, our ambition is a, a forward-moving process that creates things that haven't existed before. And yet there's other reasons that you might create systems, and it might be out of a learning experience, a debrief, an after-action review, you're correcting a mistake, you're fail-safing a system, different, different sense than the sense of ambition. And let's talk a little bit about the different motivational power of pleasure versus pain, fear versus uh, success. We see people so many times when we're working with burned out physicians, where they're locked into feeling surrounded, feeling trapped, feeling like there's no way out, and they just want to avoid all the pain that they're feeling. And one of the things that I always teach, and I always do it, if you're watching on video, I always do it with hand motion. I'll do it right now. You can avoid everything you don't want. Every single thing you don't want, you can avoid it, and you still won't get what you want because the only way to get what you want, and this is a 180-degree turn, is figure out what you want and go get it. To build a goal that pulls you forward. I think that is something that is related to ambition in some way too. It absolutely is related to ambition. You can remove all the pain in the world and that doesn't mean that we will be happy or thriving. In fact, <laughs> there's a funny story behind it. It pissed off people of Singapore very well, very much. <laughs> Gallup likes to do studies. <laughs> and this was a happiness study. Hang on a second. We got Singapore and Gallup in the same question. Okay, go for it. I'm interested. This I'm intrigued. An absolutely fantastic study that Singaporeans were reporting the least number of you know negative things in life. Mm. They were also reporting the least number of positive things. Oh boy. <laughs> boring. Yeah, absolutely boring. <laughs> So when the study came out, they have their government which reacted very negatively to it. And so then recently, I think their, their happiness has gone up a little bit or not. So I don't know exactly. By government what's... mandate. Right, right. So hang on a second. We've got, we've got fear. 
we've got mm-hmm. ambition and we got mm-hmm. meh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that meh <laughs> is something because here's another big population study, which definitely has more power than Gallup survey, let's say, because we'll figure out because, you know, there are, there are a lot of cultural uh, colorings to the concept of ambition or happiness, let's say. But let's look at one of the best studies, uh, big population studies ever done on the planet, the Whitehall studies, Whitehall 1 and Whitehall 2. So Whitehall is the administrative street, a road, a very big wide road in London, in Westminster, where almost all British civil servant, uh, civil servant offices are. In fact, Downing Street, where the prime minister lives, is like a little offshoot off of the Whitehall Street. Okay, so in the 60s, when Whitehall 1 was done, like around 17,000 men, male civil servants, and they have very strict gradation, pay grade and rank grade. And with that comes power, prestige, and you know rank number. Everybody knows who's at what level. And so ranked 1 to 10. And without any good explanation, it showed that people at the top and the bottom, the mortality rate was three times. We're not saying 3%. That'll be just a little bit. 300%. Oh, my. Yes. So higher rank lived longer and were healthier? Well, healthier came in the second one. Ah, okay. So they expanded the study. It was done. This time, they allowed some women. Well, you know. so. This time, I think there were about 10,000 participants, but around one third were women. Okay. And this time, they did study like w- what was different. And of course, you know, people at the bottom were having more heart attacks, more obesity, more uh, diabetes. And not only that, they were also having less leisure time. People at the top were having more leisure time and also were having more opportunities to do things like exercise or reset themselves, if you want to say it. And this time, they also studied their life satisfaction was higher. So in the 80s, we were not asking a lot about happiness and thriving. So they studied satisfaction. People at the top were having higher uh, satisfaction. This is such a thing that uh, the chief investigator, uh, Professor Sir Dr. Michael Marmot, who was also the chair of uh, Commission on Social Determinants of Health with WHO, he wrote a book called The Status Syndrome. He said that with the rank being up or low, your health, your happiness, your longevity, and your risk factors for illness will go up and down with that. Now, we study risk factors, longevity, happiness, health. So having a rank in life now, you see, but now you see you and I both live in America and we know we don't have any such problem of rank or class in America. Don't make me laugh. <laughs> so it may be a particularly, peculiarly uh, British problem. <laughs> but, but if you think that... Have you been to the DMV lately? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so the idea... That in this, especially in Whitehall too, they asked them about lots of things about what were the factors. And there are lots of things we can look into why this was happening or or what were the psychological substrates of it. However, 
no matter where you are. How will you even try to rise up if you don't have ambition? Even if you're using nepotism to rise up, you still need to do certain things. Otherwise, you will be the dark sheep of the family who nobody wants to be around versus somebody who even wants to schmooze others to rise up. So I'm just giving such a you know negative example that even if you have all the backing of your family, you can't rise up. So ambition is important to rise up. And we do know that rank brings all these good things with it. And I say all this with absolute idea that we need to study this more. This is a human trait. This is a trait that is definitely not genetic. We know this much. We know that environment has something to do with, with it, like people who have highly successful parents have children who are more ambitious. And, and, and then ambition in education institutions can be fostered. Mentoring, good mentoring can foster it. Again, we're kind of like jumping over to how and what to do with ambition. But let's say if we stick to the primary idea of ambition itself and how good positive force it is and how important it is for a doctor right. to have ambition. To even survive the training process. That's right. And then thrive after that. Well, and let me let me get another collapse distinction out of the way here. So we talked earlier about satisfaction and ambition not being mm -hmm. mutually exclusive. Yes, mm -hmm. and I am satisfied with what I have. Mm -hmm. And I would, yes, I would like another scoop. Mm -hmm. The other one is, I think a lot of us have seen uh, examples of negative ambition, ambition in the hands of a psychopath who, mm -hmm. who takes their ambition and uses it to climb over the bodies of their competition or their colleagues, mm -hmm. takes credit for things that aren't theirs, um, uses the dark arts to advance their career and their status. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of us who are not psychopaths, and I would hope that I'm not a psychopath, but who look at ambition and think about guilt and shame and not admitting that I am ambitious, perhaps, and I would like a higher rank and a higher status because of its association with psychopathic behavior in our pasts. And especially if we're supposed to put the patient first, right? No, but here's the thing. The, the idea that somehow ambition is connected to psychopathy or something. My answer to this is, look. If you leave ambition in the hands of psychopaths, <laughs> they're going to do what they're going to do. So if the good people of the world uh, are ashamed to admit their ambition, if the good people of the world are afraid of acting on their ambition, or if they are ambivalent about what to do, because you see things you try, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't work. and if they are ambivalent about doing things based on their ambitions, even if it's short-term or long-term, then we will really, you know, have a very bad world. Then these very good people are dooming the world to whatever it gonna, is going to become of it. Right. What you said earlier, that the idea that somehow we should be satisfied. Yes, I'm a big proponent of gratitude. Right. Gratitude also is associated with happiness and longevity. But like you said, these are not two opposing things. And ambition doesn't mean that now we will just stop. It means, okay, I'm going to do more good in the world. And that's where these distinctions like who comes first. For example, when we talk about a doctor's time, we talk about 
well, who comes first? Oh, patient comes first. Oh, no, the patient doesn't always come first. You know, doctor's well-being also comes first. Yes. However, if you have an ambitious doctor who understands the value of what they do and how much good they do in the world, which also brings good back to them, they understand that this is not a race. Nobody is first or second. We, you know, give and take. And in that process, if we make the world a better place, and let's say if you replace a psychopath at a higher rank in your workplace and bring goodness to the world, right. you will do good to yourself, you will do good to your co-workers, you will do good to the patients. You will set up a system which has never been set the way that it needed to be in the first place. So how do we expect any of this to happen if good people will hide or be ashamed or afraid of their ambition. Yeah, I'm thinking about uh, modifiers. It's like there's selfish ambition. Mm -hmm. There's inclusive and generous ambition, bringing mm -hmm. everybody along. There, mm -hmm. It can be used for good or evil, right? Mm -hmm. And what, what I would suggest that as coaches, as people who are working with doctors, especially doctors who feel like they might be struggling at the moment, it's like there's satisfaction, there's happiness, there's gratitude, and there's also it's sitting and resting in all of those places. Yes, I'm, I'm grateful for what I have and where I am. I'm mm -hmm. happy and I'm satisfied. And I would like to move further in this particular direction mm -hmm. in order to serve more people, in order to cause a greater good, in order mm -hmm. to be, be aligned with my practice of putting the patient first in my professional role. So there's an inclusive and an engaging and a positive form of ambition. And I think there's mm -hmm. just a lot of clouded, there's a lot of clouded examples out there of ambition that's selfish and at the expense of other people. Well, because, you know, they make good stories. Right. And they somehow fulfill the cultural narrative that, oh yeah, look at that. Whereas overtly in the culture we have billionaire worship celebrity worship and attainment of that as you know a thing in itself not realizing that those people are lying in the books they write using their ghost writers <laughs> they always are telling lies about billionaire origin stories so and, and then somehow we have left our evidence-based culture which is medicine, to say, what the hell is this? So what we are discussing today is more evidence as opposed to, you know, cultural memes around this idea. And yes, it's important to understand cultural understandings of this thing or memes of this thing and to say, yes, this is what the popular culture thinks. So you can start by understanding where people come from. For example, speaking of culture and ambition, we have a terrible culture around physicians quickly seeing each other similar on topics of misery in a workplace, let's say. We do know that this increases cynicism. And cynicism is one of the three parts of burnout. So if we have accepted that kind of a thing as normal, now imagine how different one physician is from the other. But if we see each other as similar. Oh, yeah, I'm in a bad workplace and you're in a bad workplace. And let's just sit down and say bad things about this bad workplace, which is never going to change. Versus the idea that this 
activity itself has a very negative effect on you. This takes away this power within you of even saying things can change or I have ambition different than this other person. So your flow of work gets interrupted with this spreading of cynicism where that is seen as the normal truth. By the way, that kind of process in, uh, in a group is called cocooning. Cocooning is a very primitive process. It's a very old tribal process where you look at the most superficial uh, similarity and you just kind of go with it. And it's a very kind of terrible way of survival because once you start finding out things about yourself and the other person, what their motivations are, what your motivations are, and how they can be so different, that's where I like uh, the name of the program, The Physicians on Purpose, because purpose, whatever it is, is yours. Mm -hmm. You have a purpose, which is different than somebody else's purpose. Yep. And purpose and fulfilling your purpose, how do you expect to do that without ambition? Right. So ambition isn't just something that is about something bad on the surface, but to acknowledge it, to accept that it's a good thing, and then decide to act on it. And I think that purpose can be a calling that is received in a moment of awareness that does not have ambition associated with it. But once you've, right. once you've heard the call, in order to heed the call, takes the willingness to push yourself out of your comfort zone. That's ambition. I think another way of thinking of it, are you willing to push yourself out of your current comfort zone? How about busting out of Einstein's insanity trap? Are you willing to take a new action in pursuit of a result you've never had before because you have an urge and a drive to go to a new a new state, a new yes. state of vibration or whatever that you want? What did you say uh, when we were first ta talking before we turned the recording on? How fired up are you? How fired yes. up are you? Yes. And that's a very key question I always ask people who come do the first session with me. How fired up are your aspirations for your goals? What are you excited about? Yes. What are you looking forward to? Yes. Albert Camus, he has a very classical paper written called The Modern Sisyphus. And I think it has another name attached to it, but you can Google Camus and Modern Sisyphus. He asks a very key question, which is the exact opposite of ambition. He says, why don't you tell me right now why should you not go and kill yourself this instant? <laughs> so, <laughs> see, philosophers have. Why are you not committing suicide? Yes, right now. Okay. And here's so, a gun. <laughs> yes. So, the, it's not just what you say in response, but how you will respond to it. Right. And the manner you will respond. And the idea that it will at least force you to think about what's the motivating force in life. It could be anything. And when I work with uh, burned out doctors, I do it. I do a version of that it goes like this. I call it the satisfaction mind flip uh, on a scale of zero to 10. What's your current satisfaction with your practice? Mm -hmm. And so far, nobody's ever said zero. Yeah, that's so right. What, so what I say is, Whatever their number is, doesn't matter to me. I say, why is it not zero? Yes. What's going right? Yes. 
And most of the times, doctors find patient work to be very meaningful, right. redeeming part of their life. And, and so now think about it. Is patient work dead? Is, has patient work stopped growing? Learning about patients or how we can do better for them, has that stopped growing? No, that thing is growing. Even if, let's say, you work in a field where they haven't invented a medication for 10 years, a new one, can you learn how to better manage patients? Can you learn how to better manage their families? Can you learn the system? So there's so much that can just be learned. So we, when we talk about character strengths, gratitude is a character strength. But love of learning is another. Another phrase. Character strength. It's a virtue. I'm looking forward to, right? I'm looking yes. forward to learning more about this, right? That's right. And building a body of knowledge around anything or something. That's ambition. So for example, even if, yeah, even if you create a career success, inwardly, you are creating a body of knowledge, which is growing within you. So that is that comes with ambition. Cool, 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 cool. A much misunderstood, sometimes maligned, positive, negative, but it is the generative spirit of the human condition. How about that? Ooh. That's right. <laughs> and that more good people, especially more good doctors, need to absolutely stand up and say, yes, I am ambitious. I am ambitious. Okay, yes. cool. Cool, cool, yes. cool. I like it. I like it. So in defense of ambition, as if it needed any defense at all. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. What are you fired up about? Uh, yes. what you, what's your phrase about aspirations? Say it again. How fired up are your aspirations for your goals? What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? How fired up are your aspirations for your goals? That's awesome. That's right. Dr. Harjo Singh, MD, one of the coaches here at The Happy MD. We're in talking in defense of aspiration. Go slake your thirst and your aspirations. Go, go to the far, That's hor right. to the far horizon. <laughs> That's right. Right on. That's and this right. has been the latest edition of the Physicians on Purpose podcast. Everybody, until I see or hear you on the next podcast, you keep breathing and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. 